thank you for the welcome. Um, I don't know what your expectations are because you, you look at me through the eyes of my son and they are the eyes of love. <laughs> yeah, they know me, Dad. <laughs> He'll go just as rogue as Annalie. It'll be brilliant. So um, I wanted to show you some stuff I got this morning from the kids. Um, can everyone see my tie? So Lila made this for me, Dad. Um, this was awesome. I'll show you this one. And then, can anybody else see this card? Jai made it. He's a genius. Can you see, have a look at what he did. See if you can read the note inside, Dad. Have a, have a, see if you can read that. How diplomatic is my son? It's beautiful. That's how I felt. <laughs> Happy Father's Day to you. I hope you have a oh. great day. Oh, right, right. But this was my favourite one. Can anyone, can anyone see this? It's like a coffee thing. And, and what does it say on it? Can anyone read that? Number one dad. Kiara comes up to me this morning because it says N-O dot one. He, she goes, no one dad. <laughs> no one. And I'm like, you know, there's no one like you. No one like you too, dad. <laughs> Thank you. So uh, that's what that I got there. You're not having it. I'm just showing you. It's mine. What but is it? it? It's, a, it's like a coffee, you know, the old... You had one of these growing up. Remember, you know, the... Oh, yeah. You yeah. take the lid off and then you press the, press the button yeah, and you yeah. have a cup of coffee. Yeah, so it'll be good. Yeah, last time we used it, mum burnt her mouth. <laughs> 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 that was a win for all of us that day, wasn't it? No, I was hey, hey. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. Sorry, mum. <laughs> Love you. Hey, we had a, we had a bit of an interesting uh, week. Uh, this week, Dad, I thought we'd start, um, if you want to bring up one of the first slides, uh, this is my, my nonno, um, so this is Dad's dad, my grandfather, Domenico Crisofulli, um, he passed away on Tuesday. Um, so we had a great day, didn't we? Why don't you tell uh, these guys, we've got the next photo, this is how I remember my nonno, that's, believe it or not, it's Jai and Chiara there. Uh, and me looking very young and I have not a double chin at this stage of life. Hence the beard growth, everyone's working for me now. And this was my nonno of more, more recent times. But why don't you tell uh, the church a little bit about nonno and uh, what he did coming over to Australia and about our last name, which I didn't really know. Why don't you tell them just a mm. minute about, about some of that stuff, Dad? Yeah. Well, Dad left... Italy to come to Australia in 1952, two years before we left. He came over here to uh, make money and um, to pay for the fares for the rest of the family. We had no assisted passengers in those days. We had to make it on our own. And uh, it must have been a lonely time for him, but you know he worked hard just for the day that he could see us all together again. We came to Australia, um, that's my two brothers, my older brother Frank and my younger brother Vince, in 1954 and we, we arrived actually on the 1st of January 1954. Um, Dad had uh, organised a one-room um, home in, in uh, Yarraville and we uh, lived there until we were able to buy our first home in Coronet Street, Flemington. 
a little house that was no wider than one bedroom and a passageway. But um, Dad, uh, whatever was needed, he used to build. He built a laundry that sort of leaned to one side and... Uh, Proper European building, that is. <laughs> but he, he always used to say, whenever I have a dream and it's a dream of good times, we're living in that little house in Flemington. Wow. So uh, it meant a lot to him. And uh, we grew up there and uh, Dad ha had a fondness of cats and plenty of cats. He used to, he used to say, um, the cat always used to wait for him at the at the top of the street to walk home with him because he, he worked in the Victorian railways and he worked some really late shifts where he used to get home um, one or two in the morning and the cat be always waiting for him and he used to say to my mother, how come you're not waiting with the cat for <laughs> So Dad, tell them about our last name. Our, our name, um, uh, we're Chris Apulli's, um, but that's a mistake from the immigration department. It should have been Chris Fully with an F instead of a P. But Dad um, didn't want to <laughs> make any waves and uh, decided just to keep the uh, the wrong spelling. So we all became Chris Apulli's until... 98. Not sure. It was 98. 98, was it? 98, when he um, received a uh, war pension from the Italian government. And one of the conditions was that he had to change his name back to what it was. So he went by and into town and by Depol changed it back to Chrysofulli. So he was Chrysofulli and all his children were Chrysofulli. So. so if you ever meet one, it's the Australian variety. We are all related if you meet any Chrysofulli. So Dad, tell us a little bit about Mum. I've got my older brother and sister uh, here today. How long you've been married? Uh, tell us just quickly a little bit about what you do. Obviously, you've done two things growing up in my life, being architecture and ministry. Tell church a little bit about that stuff, Dad. Yeah, we, um, Julie and I have been, were married in 1980. Um, that makes us 38 years we've been married. Uh, we uh, had two children and, um, and we seem to be satisfied with them. That's Michelle, my, my daughter, and James, my son. And then we came to the Lord in 1985, four or five, uh, Anyway, um, we felt in, in the Lord that, that uh, we, we should have another child. And uh, we knew it was going to be a boy and um, we just felt it in our heart. And we grew up, or we, we waited for him to be born and we searched for a name and we didn't know what name to give him because... You know, with Michelle and James, we struggled to find a name that we felt would go well with Chris Apulli. <laughs> and anyway, I wanted to call him Simeon over the in relationship to the uh, the man who worked in the temple in Luke in the Gospel of Luke that was promised by God that he would not die until he saw the Messiah, and. I felt like that was the same promise God had given us because we had just come to the Lord 
and uh, we saw the reality of God. And But Julie felt Simeon was a bit, I don't know, she didn't ring on her ears until we heard about an evangelist called Charles Simeon. So we thought, well, that's good enough. We'll name him after him. <laughs> so that's how he got his name. But um, it does, It's hard to rhyme, so I was happy with that. <laughs> that worked for me. You, you, um, you got to believe it was God's plan for that because as we later found out about Charles Simeon, he was a man of God who was uh, um, grew up in uh, and had uh, qualified in Eden College and King's College in, in Cambridge and uh, he had a lot of the people around him that went to universities and that, you know, where's God's placed them? You know, Uni Hill. I really believe it's God's purpose. Anyway, um, I know Charles has told this story and uh, um, I'll tell it again. We, we were so uh, uh, touched by the things of God. We're just like a new life. Uh, it was a new life, but a, a new reality that um, I remember... When mum gave birth to Charles, they handed him over to me and uh, first thing I did, I held him up, up in the air towards God and I said, Lord, take him back, he's yours. So we've always had that understanding that God's touched Charles' life and has a purpose for him and we saw it as we were growing up. We lived... um, Hey, Dad, one sec. I found some footage of you doing that. Jack, can we just show the church? I just want to see that. I'm the lion, and my dad is that other See, this was the moment in, in the room that was happening. There I am. There's my, my siblings. That's my auntie and uncle. It was incredible. Thanks, Jack. It was good. Sorry, Dad. You keep going. It was good. There I am was my backside. That's great. Great way to end it, Jackie. Well done. So it's good, yeah, we'll just dwell on that for a minute and let's get rid of it. (laughs) That's good, Dad. Hey, quickly, we'll pray um, before you uh, bring a a small thought. Why don't you just talk a little bit about your ministry background? Uh, I know I spent a lot of my uh, younger years setting up and packing down in churches and uh, Sunshine, uh, Lara, we were involved in Waverley, we've been at Geelong, everywhere. I know you're still on the ministry team uh, Waterfront, so why don't you share a little bit about uh, some of that, Dad? Yeah, we we look for, forward for the day to actually, you know, there's, there's a term that people use, full-time ministry, but what does it mean? We're all in full-time ministry yeah. for the Lord. But um, we went, we were in the Assemblies of God in those days, in the early days, and we went to... Um, the Blue Mountains in 1992 where they had the Commonwealth Bible College to enrol to go there the following year. And um, anyway, uh, as the year went on, we were asked if we considered taking a a small church over in Colac, which we did, and we spent a year there and it was a great place to live, Colac. Um, the, the children really enjoyed their primary school years uh, there, and uh, I felt like I was born out of my wits. 
I've got to tell you, <laughs> I've got to tell you a story about James. Yeah. Um, James came home one day and he said, Dad, it's Easter and on Monday we got to wear a, um, an Easter bonnet, but it had to have an Australian flavour. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 I forgot about it. On uh, Monday morning, I saw him not feeling, you know, not looking too good. And I said, what's wrong? He said, oh, uh, we were supposed to make an Easter bonnet and I didn't have one. I said, you know, God gave me uh, uh, insight. <laughs> and I said, wait a minute, we'll make one. So we got his Essendon beanie. Amen, good start, good start. And we tied strings on the around it and put little Easter eggs on each string. And we went in, he went into school and everyone thought it was hilarious and gave him first prize. <laughs> That's brilliant. Now, Dad, if you stand up for a minute, we'll get these guys to rearrange this. Come over here with me, Dad. Walk with me. Uh, why don't we, um, before we pray, uh, why don't we tell the community your favourite memory of me? Yeah, favourite memory is watching TV and, and seeing the... Um, uh, all sorts of uh, gymnastic equipment and, and I used to fall asleep only to wake up to find Charles under my leg lift, using it as a leg press and he used, he used to call it the Daddy 2000. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember that, it was awesome. Well let's pray and then Dad we'll get your notes brack, brought brack over, brought over. Thank you Sammy, they're over there. Let's pray and then we'll leave it to my dad. Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, that you're here this morning. Lord, everything we do is to give you honour. I thank you for my heritage. Uh, thank you for my father and my mother. Uh, Lord, I just pray uh, that um, as we uh, come around your word this morning, we are grateful for who you are, our Heavenly Father. Pray that you'll move this morning. Pray that you'll speak this morning in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. What a wonderful Father we have in God. God our Father, he is the best. There's no, no doubt about that. I heard a story on the way to church today that I thought I might tell you about. Um, this woman in church had a habit to complain about all sorts of things. And the pastor thought, I'll encourage her and uh, just see how she responds and she was of a farming community she had a um, a farm that grew potatoes and that particular year she had an enormous crop and everything was perfect and you know and um, the pastor said oh you're i hear that your potatoes are really good this year and she said yes but where am I going to get the half-rotten ones to feed the pigs? So you can <laughs> accept the best. <laughs> accept the best that we have in God. I just want to uh, reflect a couple of thoughts. I'm not going to be here long. Um, but in today's society, we have a lacking of fathers. Uh, it, it is... A time where the father is absent. Uh, you hear about deadbeat, so the term, fathers who disappear when the children are young and uh, uh, they run off mainly just to look after themselves. 
They leave behind children to grow up without a father's direction, without a father's instructions, without a father's guidance, without love and protection. Their family history seems to die there. You know, we, our family history is so important to us. My father used to tell, tell me a story that he was told. He was told that his father before him used to sit at the table, at dinner table, um, crying and, and feeling sorry that he would have no one to carry his name on. He had four sisters and no children. Then dad came along and uh, he had three boys and now we got, I think, six grandsons uh, in the family all to carry on my great-grandfather's name that he thought was going to die. So it is important to have heritage. It's important to have a godly heritage, a direction that you can look back and say, my father loved the Lord and, uh, and this is where he directed us. Father's Day to many can be a sad reminder of hurts from the past. But it needn't be like that. You know, God has offered himself. He's offered his son just to show how much he loved, loved us and cared for us. You know, what does John 3.16 say? You know, it's one of the world's best-known scriptures, even to atheists, that God so loved the world that he offered his son. What a, what a love the father has that he would do that. Jesus came to reveal God the Father who loves us, who loves us and has concern for us. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He gave us the way to get to the Father he gave us himself so that we would not be lacking. What does our Father give to us? I'm going to have four points. Just as God our Father gives to us a personal identity. In God we know who we are. We know that he loves us. We know that we can hang on to him. We're not Generation X or Y, or whatever it is. X was always the missing number in mathematics. But he is not missing. He's there before us. He's there to guide us. He loves us. We have an identity associated to the living God. A God who's forever there beside us, knows our needs and wants to fulfill them. We have an identity with the living God, the God of the universe. Our Father also gives us a home in heaven. What a wonderful feeling to have and to know that we're going to a place. We're not dying to emptiness or I don't know what's going to be there. We've got a, a home in heaven. In my Father's house, Jesus said, there are many rooms. If it wasn't so, I would tell you, but I go 
to prepare a place for you. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. How wonderful. You know, Keith Green said in a song that if God created the world in six days, this place must be a garbage can compared to heaven, which he's been working on for 2,000 years. And I know that when we get to heaven, it's going to, we're going to rejoice to, to be in a place where there's no more tears, no more hurts, no more anguish, but we're going to be in a place where we have God the Father as our Father. And the roads are of gold, so it says, and the, the light is for the glory of God the Father. He has given us a home. In God, our Father, we have total security. Can you picture a, um, a traumatic event where people are running around and, uh, and worried about what's going to happen and you see a man uh, holding on to a little child who's totally unconcerned with the events of, that's going around him. He's found security wrapped in his father's arms. That is our security. We know that our father, as Jesus said, is greater than all. And no one can snatch us out of his hands. What a security we have in God, knowing that this is our future. No one. He's... His heart is to have us all there in his presence. What a wonderful God and Father. And last of all, he gives us motivation and reasoning for living. You know, we can be trapped by the th pressures of this world and, and wanting to uh, uh, get a bigger house, a bigger TV and whatever. You know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong in, in all that, but let's not lose the sight of the motivation that we should have in, in God. You know, Jesus said, you know, uh, at his baptism, you heard the Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus' testimony was, I only do the things pleasing to my Father. We need to live our life with that simple aim I just want to live my life to please the Father. It takes away all the hassles, all the, all the worries, all the competition. You don't have to have the biggest ministry. You don't have to have the biggest whatever. You don't have to compete with anything. Your aim is to please the Father. For he is certainly aimed and does please us with his generosity. He looks after us. He takes care of us. He's always there. So happy birthday to my father God and happy Father's Day to him and to all the earthly fathers. Rejoice in the fact that we are the children of God. Amen. Thanks, Dad. Love you. I remember growing up, um, we might tease, you can come back up, and um, we were in a church hall, 
And uh, a person in that uh, church hall said, oh, what do you want to do when you grow up? And I would have been nine or ten years old. And being nine or ten, young, but I had encountered God in a genuine way. And I said, you know what, I'm going to be in ministry. I'll be on staff here one day. And I remember uh, just joking, and it didn't mean much to me, the, the, um, uh, the person said, oh, yeah, well, yeah, you'll be on the cleaning staff. And I giggled and moved on, but my dad refused to let anything be spoken over my life that he didn't feel was life. So he came over to me and he said, that's not what you're going to do. You'll answer the call of God for your life. Fathers, mothers, aunties, uncles, anyone that is in a position of influence, it is your job to speak life with your words. It's your job to speak life over your families, over your children, over your nieces, your nephews, people that you teach, people that you work with. Proverbs 18, 21, and I try to live by it, says this, the tongue has the power of life and death. I fell up, I fell up. I grew up feeling very loved. Whether it be my parents, my aunties, my uncles, my nan, my teachers, I felt loved. But beyond that, I felt secure in the position that I'd experienced God and I knew that He loved me. And because of my relationship with Jesus, that He was pleased with me. But the challenge that we have and we face in our society is that often we let moments situations and not permanent characteristics become your label. My dad had someone speak something over me. He wasn't happy. He got to me quickly to say, well, I'm going to rebuke that as your father and speak truth over you. You see, a child, even though they can be very annoying. Can I get an amen? Even with the keys on and we're being spiritual. But here's the thing, when my kids are being naughty, they're not a naughty child, they're a good child about to have a learning experience. An angry person is not an angry person. They're a calm, peaceful person that God is building with process. An angry person is not an angry person, they're probably hungry. Can we get an amen? You see, the thing is, if my child in a moment isn't behaving well, it does not become their label. It does not become they are a naughty child, is they are a good child. So whether or not your circumstance may be seasonal, I'm broken. It's not your label though. I'm divorced. It's not your label. I'm lonely. I'm fatherless. I'm motherless, not wanted. You know what you are? They're all temporal and passing things because what you are forever is a child of God. On the journey of life, letting God work out good in your situation. 
God is continuing to make you more like Jesus because we are all children of God. The question I began to reflect on this week is how are you labelling your world? How are you labelling the people around you, your children, your colleagues? Are you speaking life or are you speaking death with your words? You know, isn't it funny we always say this, you always this, this and this. Always denotes permanent. It's not the case at all. You know what I say to Lila? She struggles with vegetables. Oh, glory to God, she struggles with vegetables. I say, oh, Lila, you're such a good eater. You do so well. You're going to be a fast eater. Please, Lord, let that be the case. (laughs) But what I'm trying to do is speak life because here's the thing, with a label, it can determine a value. Has anybody ever been shopping? Give me a wave. Now keep your hand up high if you enjoy it. Now put your hand down, put your hand up high if you don't enjoy it. That is me. So I'm tipping for all the people that are like me. This is what happens when you go shopping. You go, you find an item of clothing that you like. The first thing I do is I look at the label because on the label determines the value. And then I put that back. I go, well, I like those jeans, $150. I can do better. The label often determines the value. There's a story in the Bible. Jacob is the father in this situation. Rachel is the mother. And she's in childbirth. And she's struggling. She's dying. And with a dying breath, she names her son Benoni, which means son of my sorrow. It's accurate. She's dying. She names her son with her last breath Benoni, son of my sorrow. It makes sense for Jacob. He's lost his wife. It makes sense for the siblings. They've lost their mother. Benoni, son of my sorrow. But yet, if you were to label a person, son of my sorrow does not determine a very high value. But there was a father in this situation, Jacob. The Scripture goes on to say in Genesis 35, but Jacob named him Benjamin, which means son of my right hand. Right hand denotes in that culture strength. So in fact, he's saying son of strength. He's gone from sorrow to strength because of a father speaking life over his children. Every person in here, are you adding value with the labels you give? Are you reflecting upon what you say with the words you use. You see, because what happened is Jacob had had an experience three chapters earlier in Genesis 32, where he had lived up to his name. Does anybody know the name of Jacob and what it means? It's a planter, ankle grabber, tripper. Not that kind of tripper, that's a modern one, but You see, what would happen is he lived up to that name. He stole his brother's birthright. 
which is that he would get double the amount of property and then he stole his brother's blessing. He lived up to the name. But what happens is he has this experience with God where he flees and it comes to a season where he's coming home and he ends up in a camp and he starts to wrestle with a person, a being. It's a bit of argument whether it's an angel or whether it's God. We know it's a heavenly thing. I believe it was God. And as he's wrestling, it's nearly daybreak. So he says, we need to break. And he says, I won't let go. This is Jacob. Until you bless me. God changes his name to Israel. God will win. So that man with an understanding and a reflection upon how his heavenly father thinks of him spoke life over his world. So today, I felt in my heart to ask you these questions. Are you labelling yourself the way God wants you to label yourself? And are you labelling others the way God wants you to label? Because there's life and there's death in the power of the tongue. We should speak life. You may say it's impossible. God says all things are possible in Luke 18. I'm too tired is what you say. God says, I will give you rest in Matthew 11. Nobody loves me. God says, I love you. John 13, John 3, 16. You say, I can't go on. God says, my grace is sufficient. You say, I can't figure it out. God says, I'll direct your steps. I can't do it. God says, you can do all things. I am not able. God says, I am able. I'm not worth it. It will be worth it. I can't forgive myself. I forgive you. I'm afraid. I have not given you a spirit of fear. I am worried. Cast your cares on me. I'm not smart enough. I will give you wisdom. I feel alone. I will never leave you or forsake you. I can't manage. I will supply all your needs. This is what God speaks over your life. So from an understanding of the Heavenly Father and what He thinks about you, Like Jacob, you should project that understanding onto the world around you. You are not sons and daughters of sorrow, but you are sons and daughters of strength. Because through Christ, who strengthens me, I can do all things. I just want to be very blank this morning. If we could all close our eyes just for a minute. Have you been labelling your world in the right way? Do you know, my dad, he he talked about Charles Simeon. And I wished I had told him that I was going to do that. Let me read you some statistics. He was born in 1759 to 1813, into a time when Oxford had expelled six students for arranging a Bible study. Simeon, a non-religious person, has an incredible conversion after taking communion and contemplating on Christ's sacrifice. He wakes up that Easter morning saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. It says in writings about him that peace flowed into his heart as he realised he could approach the Saviour. It's on the chair, buddy. Approach the Saviour boldly. He began a ministry. He went to Bible college. He became a vicar. It says that his church exploded. But here's the thing. Back in the 1800s, there were pew owners and they didn't like his preaching. 
So they locked their pews and they left for 14 years. But it says that this man was so purpose driven, he preached to the people in the pews and they heard him gladly. He started a missionary initiative to impoverished children and it exploded. He started something in the university and it exploded. Then he began to disciple young leaders. It says that one third of the Anglican church at that era had sat under his ministry. It says that he was the spiritual mentor of William Wilberforce. Writers say that he would often be saying, make sure leaders are thinking, connecting, growing and birthing big vision. He was known for a man of humility. This is what was spoken over my life every time my parents called my name, Charles Simeon. It might not necessarily have to be the name you're given, but what you speak over a person's life. You're not rejected. You're not dumb. You have a future. It might be detouring right now, but God has a plan and a purpose that's far bigger than you could ever understand. It's nothing to do with name or unname and everything to do with what you believe God will do in the person's life and how God sees them. The value has already been determined by God. You're priceless and so are the people around you. So fathers, mothers, don't devalue your children. Add value. Don't devalue the people around you. Add value. Because we are God's children. Psalm 68 verse 5 says this, that God is a father to the fatherless. So let's just pray for a minute. Lord God, I just thank you that if there are people here today that Lord God need to recognise what they're saying. Lord, I, I stand here saying sometimes it leaves my mouth before it's processed. But Lord, I thank you that as I reflect and as I ponder, let me be a man. Let us be a people that speaks life over our communities, over our children, over our families, over our businesses, workplace. Lord, help the labels we give things to remind us of our destiny, not pull us away from it. I pray that we would have a greater understanding of how you see us through Jesus, our Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God is good. I just want to do a, a couple of things just quick before I invite Anna Lee to close the meeting. The first thing is um, our youth ministry is growing. It's doing incredible things. Um, they're nearly hitting the 30s now, which is incredible. But there are a lot of kids that are linked to our community only through the youth. And they have uh, a lower socioeconomic status. They don't have the availability to get to History Makers. Um, for our community, we do this every year. History Makers is, is an event uh, where the youth go to, they encounter God over a three-day period. They stay in Bendigo. It is a transforming time where they connect together and most importantly, they connect with God. 
So what we're going to do this morning is we would like to sponsor five to six kids to go. It's about $250 per kid. If you can sponsor one, that would be amazing. Please come and see Pastor Jordan. Uh, but if you have anything available today, we'd like to just pass the containers along because we'd like to sponsor uh, some of these kids uh, to do that. So as you prepare to give, uh, we have coming up on Saturday, just one other thing I'd like to mention. We have a Holy Spirit Encounter Weekend happening. It's going to be uh, the culmination of Alpha uh, that's been running. So we're going to have a Holy Spirit Encounter Day on Saturday in the Hope Centre. We want to invite everybody to come. Uh, there is going to be catering, so we'd like to know if you can come. There's going to be music and there's going to be an encounter with God because we're believing those guys that have been through Alpha are going to experience the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that is next Saturday. Uh, you would have got an invite in your email and your children would have got an invite in your email. I clicked the wrong button. Apologies. Jai got an invite. Lila got an invite. Kiara got an invite. Um, praise God for that. Bring them. There's no age to encountering the Holy Spirit. He can do it. Amen. So just want to encourage you as I invite Annalie, if you could pass those containers that are on your left-hand side across. Uh, bless you as you give. And I don't know where Annalie will be around. Thank you, Annalie. Can we just give um, Pastor Charles and Pastor Michael a, a round of applause? It's an incredible message. And what they've spoken about today is all from the Bible. It's completely 100% authentic of God's Word for us, His children of God. And if you're here today and you have heard about the love of a Father, and um, we just want to ask, you know, ask you to think about answering the call, answering the heartbeat and thinking, yeah, that's something I want to know more of or know, know more about a Father's love. And you think, I need to know more about who God is and I want to find this authentic replication and find it through through God. So if you want to answer that call today, answer the call of maybe thinking about giving your heart to Jesus this today, giving your heart to the Father and saying, here, have it, Lord, because I want to experience your authentic love. I'd love to meet with you at the end of this service. Or um, if you want to find me, I'd love to pray with you. We've got a gift of a Bible for you to learn more about this authentic love. And all those passages of Scripture, we call them Scripture, are in this, in this Bible, in the, in the Word of God Himself, imparting love and encouragement and life words over your life, because He has a plan and purpose for you, for everyone in this room, whether we know God or don't know God. He has plans that He wants to unlock with you and show you His awesome, amazing, wonderful, oh, could you see so many adjectives to describe God, but these amazing things. So if you want to answer that call today, I would love, it'd be my absolute honour, privilege, all of the above to pray with you. Anyway, have a wonderful Father's Day for those who have their fathers here. If you don't, let's celebrate anyway of the fathers we've had and, um, and of course our spiritual father in heaven. And Dad, looking at you today, I've worn this shirt for him. So thank you. Have a great day and we'll see you back here next Sunday. Take care. Bye. Can we finish with a song? Yeah.